All right. Well, <clears throat> so what chapter has been your favorite chapter of this book so far as we've uh, gone through all of this material? Uh, just kind of taking a look back at the table of contents. I was uh, looking at it today and I was just like, I don't know. I, I have a hard time deciding. I mean, definitely 10 because, I mean, it has so much in it. It really should be like uh, several different chapters. But um, was there any chapters that really spoke to you more than others or that you gained more insight? Do you, I mean, can you whittle it down to a favorite chapter? Um, that is one of my, my main questions for... Um, for them. So like all, all night tonight, I'm trying to like kind of poke and prod and, and get our <laughs> juices flowing for, for questions for, for Todd and, and Herrick. But um, anyway, it, it's very introspective as we uh, look back through this book. I mean, it seems like it's quite the journey that, that we've been on here, whether you've read it before or, or if this was your first time through, but man, the, the great knowledge and, and wealth of information that has helped unlock things for us. Um, like just come follow me today, right? Come follow me today with um, uh, the uh, Noah and the Ark and the Tower of Babel and all of the significant parallels and some of the information that we've gleaned from here and from Isaiah decoded and it's like, wow, I can understand these stories a heck of a lot better than, than I used to be able to. Um, there's, there's so much that... Um, I don't know, I don't like to call it training wheels on, on Triumph of Zion, but it has provided some, some very handy training wheels to go back to the scriptures and, and see things in new ways and in new perspectives. Yeah, it pops out everywhere. Even that cute little book we're reading. <laughs> Bedtime stories from Cameron. I was telling my daughter, Katie, even <laughs> accent. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh I started listening to that i think i made a chapter four did you are you continuing to record it uh -huh, yeah i have three chapters left of it, it <laughs> oh my gosh i have to catch up i don't know what happened i think i kind of just like checked out on that one for a minute but i, I need to get back to it <laughs> yep. that was hard to get through with you oh my goodness i'm so sorry <laughs> oh no yeah um it, it's an interesting little book like yeah, i've had my ups and downs with it and stuff but yeah it popped out constantly i'm like i can hear the stuff he's done in triumph of zion like oh mm -hmm. like gives you a real life how that would blend in and it's very subtle mm -hmm. yeah and so it's it's a very interesting read like oh yeah. someone who's definitely not going to be picking up and reading triumph of zion that's like an excellent uh side book so that you can like hey, you should go read Fire of the Spirit. It's a novel-based form, fictional, it's, you know, kind of that, which isn't did usually- that for? Did he write it for his kids? Um, I believe so. I, you know, that's another thing that I was kind of wanting to get out of this author chat and stuff. Like kind of what's the background? Right. What's the, the story behind all of these, these different things that are coming out? Mm. But yeah. So does it follow that same little family or does it change, switch it up? Uh -huh, yeah, it follows Sam, so that it's the young boy, and then he goes on a mission, and then just, it, it, he's the main character throughout both of the books. Gotcha. Oh, there's another one after this one? Yeah, and it's even bigger. <laughs> Are you going to read it, too? 
I don't know. I, I've been debating uh, whether I'm going to read it. So this is the one that I'm reading, Fire of the Spirit. And then Angels of Fire is a little bit bigger. So, oh, wow. so Sam, from what I gather, he is taking everything that he learned personally in Triumph of Zion and writing a fictional story using himself as the character of Sam in these books. I for the most part. I mean, there's a lot of fiction written into it or whatever to carry a storyline and, you know, exaggerate some principles more than others. But, but what he's doing is taking each and every chapter and idea from here and putting it into a more digestible form for that format. So am I the only one that isn't remembering stuff? Cause I'm really frustrated. You said, what was your favorite chapter? Like everyone, I've enjoyed and I've learned from and I've gleaned things, but now I'm just like, oh wait, what did I, what was that? I, yeah, it, it's hard because like, I've went through it a few times now. So like, I, I don't know, to, to really pull out like a specific example and, and all of that. I think chapter eight was, was probably one of my favorites, like the holy order and getting a lot of great information and background on that um, was, was awesome. Oath and covenant of the priesthood, that was an awesome chapter. But um, yeah, <laughs> like you, like, am I having a problem remembering? Because some of this stuff seems so kind of second nature. Like you just kind of start learning it and you practice it. But um, uh, going back, I don't know. It's going to be interesting to like go back and read this here in a few months and go through it again and, and kind of get aha moments all over. Well, I love this last because... Um it's tying it all together and it's got those little checklists of as we do this process we can kind of check it off sequentially i've i've found <laughs> i've been going on this journey like i'm trying to minister for and oh my goodness everything is getting thrown at me like more so than ever before in my life up with it i think the lord's asking me okay you said you're ready game on girl get going <laughs> yeah so it's it's been amazing though and i found that a lot of these principles here in this book are what's um preparing and, and carrying me through those obstacles right you know <laughs> it's it's an right. interesting journey <laughs> honestly it's pretty hard really it actually really is <laughs> I'm, I'm struggling a bit. <laughs> yep, yeah, I think we all do. I, I know that I, I definitely struggled through that uh, that incident on uh, Sunday and, and going through all the week and stuff. Like all the lessons that I learned through it have been amazing because it was it was really hard at the time. But um, I can definitely see the Lord's hand and and all of the blessings that that come from everything. And and it all stems from exactly what we're reading here. Um, all of the like the voice of the spirit versus uh the voice of the holy ghost and uh, distinguishing the three voices in our head i think was pretty transformational for me this time uh, like i've read it uh, listened to the audiobook a few times but this time going through i was like i'm not going to let it uh, slip over my head again like this is the time I have to put it into practice and it has to become part of my being I have to be able to recognize the three voices and act on them perfectly and promptly and all of that and 
anyway, and the Lord's like, okay, you're ready then. Uh, here you go. Here's, here's going to be a few challenges to, uh, to tackle with it. So I, I think that, you know, from chapter 10, that was uh, some of my, my favorite sections there, because I think they're just so crucial. Mm -hmm. I really liked um, this last section that we read. For today. It clarified, uh, yes, clarified in my mind a discussion we had a while back where um, I was wondering if, if you see, if without your spouse, uh, if you're uh, going a little faster than they are, if you can see God um, before, or if you have to wait and have that shown together. But I learned from all this that, but it's been coming on the last few weeks, but this made it pretty clear that you can have your calling and election made sure that's an individual thing. Mm -hmm. and and seeing god too yep. is an individual thing which is so interesting right like i had a totally different paradigm before starting um this book or or this chapter i remember when janet owens asked the question uh, a while back right and i blundered my way through my <laughs> my response there but now like it's kind of distilling and i'm like oh I would totally answer that differently now um, from, from when she asked or whatever. Like mm -hmm. our personal relationship with Christ is personal. And, and mm -hmm. yes, we are together as couples and everything. And there's certain things that do have to happen as couples. But um, there's, that should never impede our, our personal progression or our, our desire here. Like, well, you know, <laughs> you know with, with like my divorce or whatever, like, well, well, I'm just, I'm out of luck now kind of a thing but no we can still come to the savior we can do these things we can get our calling election made sure and um there's there's certain steps uh, anyway there's a lot of nuance here that's described in this this chapter like you said that uh really kind of makes it clear um to my understanding i might yeah, not be able to fully I was, that anymore <laughs> i was thinking lots of people aren't going to end up maybe with their eternal companion mm-hmm I, yeah. I kind of think that's going to be a thing. Yeah. If, if one just absolutely after all is said and done, uh, just doesn't want it, it, is the Lord going to like say, well, you screwed up. You got sealed to him anyway. So deal with it <laughs> kind of a thing versus, right. you know, there's this perfect plan and a loving heavenly father that, that knows exactly when people will be able to come around and, and puts these, uh, challenges and descents and ascents in our path so that we can can follow that with faith yeah there's um a lot of people that think okay i'm sealed in the temple we're good <laughs> like and others are no they're still climbing and mm -hmm. reel their person back up but it's going to be intense i think i don't know yeah, that's kind of that whole like it, it's this constant tug of war but like it um when for better or for worse like when one person's struggling that the other one pulls and and helps and um as we work with christ in that whole uh ascent kind of thing mm -hmm. yeah it's very interesting 
So yeah. kind of in that first section here where um, we're really diving into the female aspect of it, right? The power in the priesthood. Um, it talks on 308. Uh, Joseph Smith's two quotes here. I think they're just so pertinent and powerful. Um, yeah. I just want to kind of read those. Um, it said that the prophet Joseph clearly taught this same principle to the Relief Society sisters at their first meeting. So no, and we'll learn this as we go through School of the Prophets. Um, we're going to be likening the School of the Prophets to that First Relief Society as well, because I mean, there's so many correlations. But it says, no matter who believeth, these signs, such as healing the sick, casting out devils, etc., should follow all that believe, whether male or female. He asked the society if they could not see by this sweeping promise that wherein they are ordained, it is the privilege of those set apart to administer in that authority, which is conferred on them. And if the sister should have faith to heal the sick, let all hold their tongues and let everything roll on. Respecting females and ministering for the healing of the sick, he further remarked, there could be no devil in it. If God gave sanction by allowing a healing, that there could be no more sin in a female laying hands on and praying for the sick than in wetting the face with water. It is no sin for anybody to administer that has faith, or if the sick have faith to be healed by their administration. And then just part of that next paragraph. The only thing that has changed since 1881 is a point of procedure. We see policy changes all the time, right? Mm -hmm. To help avoid confusion. That's the whole gist of it. Our inspired leaders have instructed that females performing healings by their faith should avoid laying on hands which is now reserved as a sign of priesthood authority. And so there's only one little policy change, but it does not negate the power of the, the priesthood and the administration, uh, healing, casting out devils, etc. that that all can do, you know, with the proper faith. And, and anyway, I think that that was just so powerful um, and and poignant here in, in this chapter, as we're all seeking Zion and seeking a place um, inside that, that holy city, we're all going to have many, uh, responsibilities and experiences leading us there. And, and we see, uh, President Nelson's role in, in helping us wake up to those, those things that have long been kind of dormant or, uh, just kind of put aside for a while. Um, I, I, <laughs> I was talking to my mom. I really liken this to, um, the, like, um, the migrant language barrier, right? So you have a migrant family that comes up from some Latin American country, right? The first generation, they speak only Spanish and they have a really hard time with English. The second generation, they're pretty fluent in both. And by the third generation, they've almost entirely forgotten the original language. They only speak their new one. And so is that not what happened here? those original pioneers, I mean, they were so fluent in it. The second generation, they're kind of half and half. And by the third, which we are, we've totally lost some of the, the basic truths that um, were spoken of so freely back then. But it's all about just retraining ourselves and, and learning the language again. Yeah. And that's, so do you yeah. find that, like, you're speaking to aliens now, they're, they <laughs> romp on me. They're like, I don't feel like I can even relate to anybody. Like I was trying to minister and I'm like, I can't even say that. I can't even say what I really think. <laughs> How sad is that? <laughs> it, it, it's an interesting thing because we all speak a, a, 
much different languages uh, now in the gospel. And, and you can see what it's doing. Like it's causing so much division amongst everybody, right? And we're all just trying to minister and love each other and build Zion. Yet uh, it's very hard to, uh, to communicate the, the full desires of, of our soul and, and stuff. Like I don't, I don't even dare tell people what I'm up to. They're like, you go to the temple a lot. And I'm like, <laughs> I just have to stay quiet. I'm like, cause they're gonna, like when I was telling them about my pagan revolt of, you know, holidays and stuff, they just look at me like I'm stupid. Uh, yeah, you got rid of Halloween. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But uh, if the Lord tells you to get rid of something, yeah, you do it kind of thing and and it's all going to be a different way and, and things nope. um let's see i'm thankful for you guys so i can talk about it <laughs> go, go to the middle of that page so you were just on uh-huh yeah where it says returning now to the question of power and the priesthood and that took me right into the endowment um some wordage in there did that jump out at you when you read that uh-huh like let's see page returning now so 308 it's the the middle of the page mm -hmm. returning now to the question of power in the priesthood we are left to ponder the idea that if anyone can it like reading the whole paragraph there right this power in the priesthood jumped out and then it, what oh. struck me is president nelson having us the women understand the priesthood and then um like you this what you had read about president or about the prophet joseph um talking about women not laying their hands on but they could totally they could totally still you know here it is it's all right here and what president nelson's been telling us where that has kind of been like taboo you just don't talk about this stuff yeah yeah, I think I told you, I tried to talk to my sister and she said, oh, well, you're messing with things you should not even be talking about. You could get excommunicated for that. And I'm like, that's my sister. <laughs> I tried with another, let's see, this was a, a year and a half ago and was talking about power in the priesthood and, oh, I got smacked down. No, you need to call the elders first. And I'm like, well, of course I would, but if it were anyway that's where i i just mouth shut in a situation where there wasn't elders available we need to know that we have this this gift i mean that's mm -hmm. these are good people that have you know they just do everything and they study they know scriptures so well but they don't know and they, they look to me like, well, you've, you've just been rebaptized just the last four years. How could you know all this? You know, they make me feel bad some days. <laughs> They're like the people at the time of Noah who were called the sons of God. The, a lot of the people were, they thought, well, everything's fine. We're doing good. We're doing what's right. But they didn't follow the prophets. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. the people of Jesus' time didn't even recognize the Savior coming, most of them, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, we can see that like will be the case for us. Too. Some people won't even recognize him. 
Yeah, one thing that was really standing out to me today in Sunday school with Come Follow Me and everything was um, how poignant the, the promise is. As in the days of Noah, so shall it be before the second coming of the Son of Man, right? That Joseph Smith Matthew quote, I forget which verse it is, 14 or something. Um, but anyway, it was like, man, this is, this is so poignant. The Lord works in patterns. We know this, right? And it happened in the days of Noah, that wickedness and, and the call out that happened. And uh, Jerusalem, Jesus, and, and that time. I mean, if, if we say all is well in Zion, that's one of the worst possible things. First big warning red flag. <laughs> yep, that's a big red flag. All is not well in Zion. And we can see our world today crumbling apart. And we need to, to step up and and really have these experiences that, that the people in scriptures were having if we want to have those same blessings and, and be protected. Um, and look at yeah. President Nelson. He's promising that protection. In a coming day, only those who they'll be able to bless, guide, protect, strengthen, and heal others. I mean, these are, these are huge. I've been doing my chiastic studies on, on this very first general conference, right? Getting ready for our class, but... Uh, man, the, the protection clauses in his blessings are, are paramount. Did you send out the first talk? The first three, right? Uh -huh, yeah, so everything from that, that first uh, April 2018 general conference. It's in your schedule, right? Uh-huh. Yep. Yeah, and I'll send that out again. That's on my to-do list this week is uh, get everybody on the <clears throat> uh, with that schedule and uh, make sure that we're up to date. I've got my daughter talked into coming to our class. Yeah, that'll be fun. Because I give her the cliff notes. Uh -huh. <laughs> I'm, re I'm reaching down the ladder. <laughs> <laughs> but sometimes do you guys ever feel like, sometimes I feel like I'm being a little bit prideful, just, I don't know, because my knowledge is increasing and my understanding of the scriptures and I don't know. I just feel weird sometimes because I, I have a hard time relating to anybody around me here in my ward. I think that's definitely one of the, the common phases as we go through this. I, yeah, I went through that this, this last year. It was probably back in like March or whatever. I'm like, I just, I don't connect with anybody. I, I, I feel so far removed from, from Babylon that <laughs> now I'm, I'm just kind of a lone wolf or whatever, but then, um, then I was really just praying to, to help me with those, those kind of things or whatever. And I can see a, a definite March change um, that the Lord's been leading me on, you know, trying to debase and like, show me like, Hey, some of that thinking is all right. Some of that thinking is prideful and you need to start cutting away and, and figuring out because yeah. um, Satan's always going to be there trying to, to twist what you're doing, all of your righteous endeavors and stuff. And so um, yeah, it, it, it's a huge thing that comes with it. I think that, that, that yeah, I'm very pride. aware of it right now. Yeah. yeah. Being aware of it and repent, 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 repent. Like charity really is the antidote for all of the pride, actual true love for everyone, wherever they're at and, and taking the time to prayerfully consider what they need to hear from you and not trying to like flood all of all of our knowledge on them. like that's that's my biggest thing i just want to like i'm so excited that i just want to flood people with with what i'm learning kind of thing but at the same time that was you know one of my major chastisements this last year is 
No, I, I, the Lord will teach them in mine own way. And you're just a mouthpiece for this one little chapter. <laughs> and that's, that's your jurisdiction. That's it kind of a thing. I'll teach them the rest, you know, don't, don't try to become their teacher kind of a thing. And that was, that was really kind of like a, a slap down to, to my pride going, okay, so I'm only going to listen to the spirit when moved upon to, to actually, to teach and expound some of the, the little principles here and there. But what kind of gets us in trouble is like the difference between the lesser portion and the higher portion. Mm -hmm. And you have to study the mysteries in order to get the higher portion. And so when we're faced with just, uh, that's what we learn at church. That's what Sunday school is all about. And everything is the lesser portion, which is great because everybody needs to learn that and get that solid in there. And, and it, the Lord wants to teach people individually and he has a journey for each of us on the higher portion and so when we step in and try to you know say things like you know that's what gets us in trouble is no that's left to the lord to teach them at their timing because everybody's different and and ready for things at a different time so just leave that to the lord and and be grateful that the Lord is taking us on this journey as fast as we are ready for it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> for sure. So that next section, the becoming pure in heart. Um, I think that this was um, a very key thing for me to, to read this week. Um, as I'm just trying to really turn my entire will over to the Lord. I mean, uh, I don't even know how to like fully describe that. Like, yes, I'm, I, I'm in it. Like I'll, I'll do what the Lord asks, but there's certain things that I still drag my feet on and it's like, okay, what's it really going to take? And this chapter was just speaking to me like, okay, you want it? Here it is. Here's some of the formula for becoming pure in heart and what that really means. Um, uh, trying to find my, my favorite here uh, on 312 it's in the the very middle of the page um it preceding this it's really talking about eliminating babylon and any lies and unbelief that we might have uh, in ourselves but this paragraph that starts over and over uh just really spoke to me that over and over the holy spirit communicates truth in the small things Speak kindly, say you're sorry, ask forgiveness, walk away, abandon your pride, put it back, pick it up, and on and on. And, and this is what hit me. Thus, we conquer the impurities that have nothing to do with sin. And I was like, oh, okay, that, that hit me like, like a ton of bricks. So this whole principle that I've been really trying to work with, like, listen to the spirit and obey quickly. And it, yes, I, I've really tried to root out all sin but I, I've got to get rid of all the impurities that uh, are here. And, and this is the whole pattern for it. And um, that becoming pure in heart through um, that process. I don't know. Maybe it, it's just so basic. It seems primary level, but like that, that really got me and it taught me what I needed to know this week. 
about me myself becoming pure in heart. Dallin H. Oaks has a great book. It's kind of old on that very same topic called the pure in heart. I, I might've mentioned it before, but I just happened to go into a thrift store and there it was. And I was like, oh my gosh, what a wonderful find. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the beginning of it is all about attitudes and intentions and desires, which is interesting because part of the lesson this week or next week is about Abraham and desires. So it's, it's just, it's kind of about our thought process and what motivates us and and the things we say and do, <laughs> sort of. Mm-hmm. And that, at least that's the beginning. It's not a very big book. So it's mm-hmm. quite, quite, it's probably about 100. I can't tell. I don't have enough light. I think it's probably about 120 pages. It's not a very big book, but mm-hmm. it looks good. And he wrote it way before he was in the first presidency. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'm going to have to check that out. Is it a white, is it a white cover with like, Light green with some trees on it and some geese at the bottom. I think I have that book from a long yeah, time it was ago. Written, long, long, see. long, long time Yeah, ago. like probably, I don't know if it was the 90s or the 80s. It's, let's see if I can see. Um, 1988, I think is what it says. 98 or 88. Yeah, I think so I it's think old. I do have I haven't read it, yeah, but I think it, I have it. So I probably Yeah, and it. I thought it just expands on that topic a lot. And mm-hmm. I thought, okay, I keep meaning to read it. And I just, I just don't. Not enough time. I, I, yeah, there's too many things to read and I just get sidetracked. Yep. <laughs> read and watch. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, it's definitely going on my to-do list. Um, in, in that same section, I really liked these, this example of uh, John's friend who um, just could not get past, uh, let's see, he lived just on the uphill side of poverty, right? And so if he would trade places with, with a rich man, yeah. it wouldn't be any different. He would squander the, the richness of it and the, the, uh, the other guy would build a, a fortune out of, of his um, little thing I, I didn't explain that at all <laughs> eloquently but um that that whole principle of it really comes down to us what we're going to do with it it doesn't matter like luck or or what we have or have been blessed with but um what we bring to the party uh our patterns will stay the same unless we change them um my friend's problem isn't an unwillingness to work he actually works very hard his problem is unwillingness or inability to perhaps think differently. And so I think that that's, that's huge in um, my path to the savior and uh, this relationship kind of thing. It's like, well, am I, am I willing to do anything different or am I always going to be uh, doing the same path and living on the uphill side of poverty? Huh, I, I really need to revamp my, my thinking here and become that pure in heart that can break out of that unwillingness. Just trying to look at all my <laughs> highlights here. There's so much good stuff. Oh God, we got a lot of time.
It was also good, the charity part. And I guess my next favorite part was the angels part. Mm -hmm. I was talking with my daughter. She's in, she works in a long-term care nursing home and everybody has COVID right now. And she's just so worried because she's got 102 year old little ladies and stuff. And I was telling her, you are an angel to them. Nobody else can be in there with them. And you are that angel. And she's like, thanks, mom. And I'm like, no, you're really an angel, sweetheart. So trying to let her know that, you know, mm -hmm. I don't know, it's just really sweet. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, I, you know, one of the most timeless talks is um, Holland's talk that ministering of angels, right? Mm -hmm. um, and angels on both sides of the veil and lots of different capacities and, and roles that, that we fill, um, but never discredit that, that we ourselves can be called upon to be ministering angels at all times uh, to do this, this great work. And yeah, I think it's so cool that we change from home and visiting teaching to the actual word of ministering. Like, this is what we do. We are on that same ministry. You know, today in sacrament, my bishop stood up and there's been a lot of miracles and ministering going on in our church the last bit. And, and he was bearing his testimony of kind of nudging people to do even more just because he's like, we need to get on doorsteps, people. You know, he was like telling everybody, start doing your work. Mm. And like my my companion, she's good with sending a card every six months. So I just say, okay, I'm going to go without you. <laughs> like, mm. And she's like, whatever. <laughs> I don't know. It's hard. It's, I just, if they won't go with me. I'm just going to go without them. But it's, they all need us so much. I, I have a lot of the elderly ladies and, oh, they need us so much, you guys. One of my sweet sister's husband just passed away very suddenly and, and she has dementia and all of her kids have fallen away from the gospel. And when I went and visited her Friday night, she was just, she was ready to go to church. She kept trying to go over and get ready. And I'm like, no, nope, you got a couple more days. And I said, don't worry, I'll make sure you get there because she's just worried sick because now she's lost her support on how to get there. And oh, anyway, I'm there for her. Mm -hmm. so, like, she lives there in, in Oregon with you? Yeah, she's, she's one of my sisters I minister to. And her husband just suddenly passed away Thursday night and, and she has dementia pretty bad but he's been caregiving for her laying out her clothes telling her where to go when to go you know those kind of things and gotcha. i thought you meant like your actual sister and i was like <laughs> oh but yeah when you but it's all my sister so you're all my sister <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> anyway so it's um like i say i cannot tell you how I, I've been praying to see more things to do. Mm -hmm. I can hardly get through my day with <laughs> so many things I'm being asked to do. Like I got done with church today and poof, the missionaries, can we buy your sewing machine and all these things? And I'm like, oh, I've got my class. And I actually 
took time for myself. I'm like, nope, I need this class. I will bring you the sewing machine tomorrow because you shouldn't be sewing on Sunday anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I did say that. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> I'm following it to the letter of the law, y'all. <laughs> Except for I could have been, I was sitting there debating this, you guys, except for I could do it and minister to them. I'm like, no, you have to go to your class. <laughs> this is my life right now. <laughs> it's my life too, yeah. Oh. <laughs> it's important though. It's, it's my individual salvation and I have to make sure I'm on that line too. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. I've got to go learn. <laughs> and I love you guys. <laughs> I love you. Um, let's see. So kind of in that, that section, ministering of angels and stuff, um, I loved some of the points that he brought out about Enoch and his people. So, I mean, there's lots of different uh, angels, right? But um, they're specifically, these ministering angels are um, those who are heirs of the terrestrial, or let's say, no, they're ministering to those who are heirs of the terrestrial order, which I, I've heard that phrase a lot of times before, but I hadn't really understood it and, and everything. So with uh, McConkie's quote and, and Pratt's quote here, um, it, it really started resonating with me. Um, that very last, well, second to last paragraph. In other words, they are laboring among and with those who will become citizens of the Latter-day Zion. Um, those who are of strong faith, firm mind in every form of godliness, and um, says that these are the future inhabitants of Zion. So Enoch's, I mean, sometimes we just kind of think that Enoch City is just kind of up there doing their thing. Maybe they're doing some temple and family history work or something, but this is, this is their role. This is what they covenanted and wanted to do, um, to labor among and with those who will become citizens of the latter-day zion so that's uh, us y'all yeah that when that finally distilled upon me and i was like oh okay and and it starts making a little bit more (laughs) sense this is me yep (laughs) in your book (laughs) yeah uh anyway i i found a lot of uh insight in that you know where is it? It might be in uh, Journey to the Veil, maybe. I don't know. Uh, John Pontius talks about how um, he, uh, there was a couple different uh, episodes or whatever where he did entertain angels and talks about what they, they helped him to see and learn and, and do and stuff. And um, anyway, this, this paragraph just is like going uh, with a, a light bulb to me. It was like, Oh, that's what he was talking about. Okay, I, I didn't get it at the time, but now I do. Um, I, I highly recommend reading all of his old blog posts that that Journey to the Veil book. Uh, it's kind of the the real experiences behind the the fiction, but uh, it's I always I always pray to. I literally do this. I'm like, okay, I'm getting the clay. I'm go ahead and spit in it. I'm rubbing it in my. <laughs> I visually kind of do that and I'm like okay I want to be able to see Mm -hmm. it works (laughs) yeah that's one thing that I've been trying to do lately too um I was prompted one night to uh to to pray for that specifically for eyes to see like lord open my eyes I I'm ready I'm not going to be scared of 
uh, evil because I know that good comes with with the the bad too. I mean, once your eyes are open, you, you see both kind of thing. And I was like, I'm I'm ready. I'm good. I'm not going to fear. It, this is it. And it's just been this kind of a process and journey of of opening the eyes. And those scriptural accounts, like you just talked about, like the clay and the spittle and, and everything, I was like, huh? He gave us the pattern all along. And anyway, it it's a very very real thing. I testify to that. Yeah. I mean, where, where did um, um, Visions of Glory fit in with his writings in this book? Was it after this? Yes. So Triumph Design had already been written, I believe, and then Visions of Glory came next, but I don't know full on what their, their story is. That's another thing. That's a great question for like Todd and Herrick because they're going to be- Can you write that down so we don't forget? And then mm -hmm. I wonder if- um, Brother Harrison is Harrison, right? If he had read this book and then felt that he could share these things with Pontius because he's he writes so close to the spirit, like he would understand of, of anyone would understand. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because uh, Spencer or, or or Thomas was praying for a long time. It was like, can I share this with anybody? Like, you know, it's, it's kind of like this, this burden to like kind of carry on your own once you have dreams and visions that are symbolic and you're not able to interpret or understand them. And, and then that's when he met John and was able to kind of finally get uh, an answer from the Lord saying, yes, you can share it with him kind of thing. And he was able that, to kind of is, that must've been a great feeling. Uh, and I wonder if um, Thomas could join us sometime and share that story with us. Mm -hmm. Yeah, maybe we'll we'll <laughs> get our feelers out and see. That would be interesting. Yeah, for sure. There sure is a lot of um, negative written about both these people. Oh yeah, for sure. Isn't that <laughs> always the the case though? With with great minds yeah, who, who study the gospel and stuff, it's like, oh, uh, you read Avraham's work. Well, he's off. He's he's been excommunicated or whatever, and you're like, um, no, actually. But um, <laughs> and John lived his whole life, a good faithful member of the church, and and so has, has Spencer. But whatever. <laughs> Did we talk about that that interview with Eric? Mustafs and Avraham, did you see that? I, yeah, I watched it. I haven't, I don't think I talked to him or anything. That was pretty amazing. He he divulged a lot of um, personal information in that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. They say he always does in those little meetings. I'm taking the one of their classes and they're like, He'll right. tell you lots more than. But he's not sharing those recordings, so this one was <laughs> in class. Yeah, the fact that this one was a public one was was interesting. Yeah, that was yeah. very interesting. And so, Darlene and Cameron are moderating a group, and I'm in one on Tuesday. Which one are you in, Tracy? I'm in one on Tuesday as well. Tuesday. With um, Lytle. I mean, I there's a million I'm on the, people in my class. I'm on the Tuesday one also. I just have had things that I've had to birthdays and other things that I haven't been able to go to, but I'm on the Tuesday one also. With Tracy? In there. Yeah. Um, with Lytle or whatever the name is. Yeah. yeah. Right. Okay. I think Josh, maybe. Uh, I think so. Yeah, yeah. Josh. There's another guy too, but I can't remember. His yeah, name. there's two people. 
I think they're going to split if I'm studying too many things and that's why I can't remember them, but they all go back to the same thing. And it, it seems like that's a good thing. Uh -huh. All goes back to my relationship with the savior and helping me to understand him better. So yeah. how many weeks do these Abraham classes go? This one's going to go the whole year, pretty much. The whole year. Oh, wow. That's I never did get my invitation, so... <laughs> Oh, so I guess I'll have to wait until next year. You can jump in anytime. Yeah. You don't have to wait. People are well, I didn't get an invitation. I didn't get a link for the meeting. So sure. just go, go in on their website and request and they, they'll still let you in. Okay. Because it should which, be all signed up for you. So if you just sign into IsaiahInstitute.com um, and oh, okay. you'll, you'll register for your first time, but your email should automatically sign you up to whatever group that you were assigned. Okay. Or so to Isaiah Institute, cause I know it has several websites. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think okay. you can jump in any class too, because we had someone jump in ours on. Okay. Wasn't in that class. Yeah. In our class. I'll look it up then and see if I can yeah. get in. Yeah. If not email me and we can get you. Okay. With Cassandra. We're only up to page 27, so. Mm -hmm. Watch yeah. the recordings too, they record it. So you can go back and see what you missed. You really only missed one class. The first class was introductions and kind of a orientation. Which ones are you all doing? Cause there was different ones. I'm in group five. Which so is. Apocalyptic commentary for Tracy okay. and Kathy. We're, me and my mom are doing Isaiah Decoded, and then uh, Laura's doing End Time Prophecy. Okay, I don't remember which one I signed up for now. I think I might have signed up for End Time Prophecy. Maybe, I'm not sure. <laughs> I don't remember. If you jump in and go into the, dis the live discussion link, it'll show you all the classes and you can, you can okay. join. That where it's at. That's what I'm trying to do now is go in and look around at their website. Mm -hmm. Yeah, click on you and sign in and then go over to the left. Is it Cameron? And it says live discussions, like a couple little bars down. If you mm -hmm. it will open up the link. Yep. There's there's IsaiahInstitute.org and IsaiahInstitute.com. It's the dot com one. Okay. Mm -hmm. And then I'm looking for. oh online courses okay um let's see it won't be the the online courses it's um oh, well okay yeah isaiahinstitute.com and then you're just going to log in um because you're not going to be able to see the actual button for the book clubs until you log in oh okay mm -hmm. so up at the top i don't think i don't right. think i created an account so i need to register i don't think i created uh -huh. an account yeah, so as okay. soon as you do register, create that account, then you'll be able to, to access Oh, okay. Very good. Now I know where I'm at. <laughs> uh -huh. yep. I, there's so much on that website. It's like trying to figure out if you haven't explored it very much, where to go. Yeah. So, exactly. okay, I'll have to create kind of an account and see where that takes me and how, how mm -hmm. I fare with that. Okay, thank you. Uh -huh. Yep. All right. So the next section of calling an election made sure. And here's where we ask everybody if they've got it, because if they got it, then we want to know how to get it. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But um, anyway, this, you know, 
after having gone through this book, he's talked about it a lot or whatever. So it kind of seems like uh, some very great information, but uh, uh, throughout the book, but here he even expounds on it more. And I, I just love the, the chart on 320. You know, it's probably one of the hardest things to chart out any timeline is, right? But um, some of these um, uh, labels here on, on this chart is, is just very fascinating to kind of study and kind of self-evaluate. Okay, what things have I experienced? What things uh, have I yet to experience? And just kind of where am I on this path to sanctification? And, and where does it, what does it look like? You know, I, I love charts. I'm a very visual <laughs> kind of person. And so, um, Anyway, I, I love that whole section and really uh, dive in, into that. But, but most importantly, I think that dotted line is, is pretty pertinent. When I first read through it, I'm like, nah, I don't believe, I, I don't agree exactly with its placement. But as I'm going and pondering upon it, I'm like, yeah, actually, I think that's exactly where the veil of unbelief is. And um, some of the, I, I think there's multiple veils of unbelief, but that's like the, the main hurdle. Uh, jumping from that and uh, receiving some of these other higher things. Let's see, what was some of my favorite? Another uh, minor observation that he talks about is that we may experience some of these things intermittently or even multiple times. You know, we, we might not experience them in the same order or anything, but even still, we might kind of get like little flashes or like, oh, you know, I, I think I've experienced uh, this multiple times, but it's not like an enduring lasting thing until you get it concreted in there. And um, that's where it kind of started distilling upon me like, oh, okay. So this chart really is a, a pretty good example, a good representation, but I have experienced some on this side and some on this side at, at the same time kind of flashing at me, but um Anyway, just help me understand it a little bit better. We might go through the rebirth multiple times, but at some point we actually do have that full change, that full on rebirth. Yeah, um, and it's okay to jump around a bit, it said. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's, you know, part of the repentance process. You know, sometimes we want it so bad and the Lord's going to give us just a little taste of like, okay, boom, here's what that is. And then you're like, you might kind of fall back into your old ways and, and stuff. And then you're going to try again and then try again, but he's patient with us as we want things and are learning how to, to navigate this whole system, because it really is the higher portion of the gospel is, is all stuff that we have to go to him directly for. It's not going to come over the pulpit and stuff. And so it's, it's this learning curve that he loves to, to do his own teaching with. And a lot of that comes through the temple. Um, that's the only way to, uh, uh, to gain some of it. Don't you feel like that's what President Nelson has been teaching us too? <laughs> when when I finally realized that too, I was like, oh man, there's just like these confirming witnesses of President mm -hmm. Nelson every step of the way. Like what what things really stick out to you that he has said? Like God, let God prevail, um build faith in your life, hear him. Spiritual treasures. Yeah, spiritual treasures. Yeah, living beneath our privileges. Yeah, uh, the power to bless, guide, protect, strengthen, heal. That's like my my life motto. <laughs> yeah. 
It's a good one. Becoming true millennials, what that actually means. I mean, what a prophetic talk before he was even prophet. But yeah, but I just love President Nelson. Sometimes people come at me and they're like, you just worship President Nelson too much. And I'm like, no, <laughs> but he is the Lord's true prophet on the earth right now. I mean, obviously we can come to the savior based upon following his counsel and teachings, right? Yeah, I remember when he was, he was the prophet. That's right when I was coming back to the church much exactly and i remember thinking oh this guy is so old he's not gonna make it <laughs> shame yeah. on me, shame on me. But i right after that read his uh book insights the white book have you guys all read mm -hmm. that oh and i just fell in love with him right there yeah and i've been trying to get everybody to read it <laughs> yeah um, it just how amazing is president nelson in this time for sure. Yeah, that should be our like extracurricular homework as we are doing the, the book of Nelson. Also, <laughs> read, yeah, read about all the miracles of not only was he teaching everybody in the world how to do heart surgeries, he was making, especially in China, inroads with all these friends he made to bring the gospel to those countries. It's simply amazing because then you get to see that part of it. Yeah, like when he announces the Shanghai Temple or whatever, or yeah. that that it's special good. edifice kind of thing, like I don't think I would have appreciated it had I not known not yeah. his life and and stuff and what that actually meant. You know, right. when, was it Kimball? I don't know. I get my prophets mixed up, but Kimball that uh, had that meeting and said that they needed to yes. learn Mandarin, right? Right. He home and he's obeying the prophet. Little did he know back then what it was going to lead to that. Yeah he would be the one to operate on this opera star and build these inroads and finally finally have the promise of, of a temple there kind of thing i mean man that that moment was just powerful all along mm -hmm. yeah i'd really like to know how they're progressing on that relationship and all of that stuff but yeah regardless the fact that that he got that far with it is just amazing and the thing is, I didn't know he was so instrumental in Europe. Like, I mean, he I is it. the great European contractor. <laughs> and uh, like, oh, man. And it was through his profession, and he was just so good. Yeah. He was, he was handpicked to do all that. Mm -hmm. Then his South, I mean, everything. <laughs> Sorry, I'm getting a little off. He's had, right, when he after those um those twins passed away and he earned the oh my goodness yes like all those things that happened and he just laid on the floor and his wife was like no no you need to get back up <laughs> they're gonna have to relearn all that you've already learned no you just keep going yeah it's but a lot of adversity that he had in his life and then you think about i was thinking about this today um joseph smith had a huge descent and huge oppositions huge how many children he lost yeah and you've got to know that 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 has to be a trial of faith if you can you know heal these other people but you can't heal your own babies you can't save your own babies that mm. had to be a huge obstacle yeah so sure. I, we just really need to keep that in mind as we go through things that 
the Lord loves us and he's helping us learn vital lessons. I need this. They're not going to be fun, but we cannot, we cannot turn our back on him one second. We have to keep moving forward with him. I always say we signed up for this. We told Heavenly Father that we could do this. He's he's like, are you sure? Because this is huge. And we all said, yes, we can. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I look at the future. I'm like, how am I going to do this? Oh, my head. And the only way I can is with him. That's the only way. That is it. I cannot do this on my own. Exactly. Yeah, I look at the screen and I'm like, I'm looking at each individual name and face and I'm going, you guys have a lot of, of challenges, a lot of obstacles. And all of these things are for our good. And they're they're really painful and, and we struggle right now. But but look at how much the Lord loves us through all of this. Like he's brought us together, he's he's formed friendships and, and packs, and he's never gonna leave us comfortless. You know, we might have moments of of our own. Uh, pity and stuff where we we feel totally and, and utterly alone but but we have so much help and and so much ministering angels like like this book this this is the triumph of zion when we can all come together we all go through our own obstacles in order to better help and serve each other when we have that empathy when we um can grow in love and charity and and what are the, the ultimate blessings and outcomes of that, that charity? When you let it swell within you, he's going to give you more resources or more power in order to better serve his children here on earth. And I mean, this is, this is huge. If we'll really internalize and offer up these trials that we're going through as a sacrifice to the Lord with full submission saying, Lord, I love thee. I'm never going to leave thee grant me the power to to bless thy children i'll do it kind of thing that's what the triumph of zion really is i mean it, it comes down to love it comes down to this personal quest to to just save and and help god uh gather his children back home uh, it's not <laughs> it's the most hard thing in in the world but um as we're, we're going through all of our, our personal challenges and, and difficulties right now that we've got this and uh, just like in in just like a one-on-one marriage or whatever you know for better or for worse whatever you're going through we're all here and and i know you guys are here for me and 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 i'm here for you guys but as we we build zion then we can perpetuate this same love and uh empathy outward and and truly build it's just been an amazing journey uh, going through this book and through our, our whole journey with <laughs> with everyone but um anyway I, I i just love the gospel so much it, it works it, it actually works as uh, john says in in this uh, last part here that, that's the whole beauty of it you know Come what may, you know, we might be ridiculed for, for what we're learning. We might <laughs> have some uh, ungodly obstacles coming our way, but regardless, it works. Uh, we, can, we can do this, and, and the blessings are, are rich in store for us, for the faithful. What was that hymn that he put on that last page there? Uh, it's number seven. Israel, uh, Israel, God is calling. I looked it up today. It is by... Um, W.W. Phelps. 
I thought what? it sounded like him. It is? I thought it was Richard Smith. No, that's what I wrote down. But anyway, if it's- Oh, maybe, if it, I, maybe I looked at the wrong song. <laughs> I, I need to look at it again. Yeah, yeah, now you got me curious. Just a second. <laughs> but Israel, Israel, God is calling. Hear your great deliverer's voice. Now a glorious morn is breaking for the people of his choice. Come to Zion, come to Zion, and within her walls rejoice. I mean, these are some powerful words, having read what we just read, right? Like, there's a lot of symbolism and meaning and prophecy just within that one verse of that hymn. Uh, it's just so powerful. It speaks to my soul and resonates. As well as what hymn did we sing in sacrament today? Holy cow. The words to that were amazing. The opening one. I'll, I'll find it. I think it's. Well, I think in all of those hymns, the things are just starting to really pop out to all of us. Like, oh, duh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah some of the lyrics are just amazing in those. And it's like, if you really pay attention and read the scriptures that go with them, they're just, yeah, they do just pop out at you. Mm -hmm. just, exactly. <laughs> So like, um, you know, who's the most quoted person in Triumph of Zion? I, I would venture to say probably Bruce R. McConkie or, you know, Joseph Smith or, or Christ. But like Bruce R. McConkie is like right up there as one of the most quoted ones. And hymn number 21, which I don't know, I we rarely sing it in our ward, but today we did. And here we have Joseph Murdoch. And then verse four was written by Bruce R. McConkie. And um all of the verses are, are great. I highly encourage them. But listen to this last verse that Bruce R. McConkie adds to the hymn about listening to a prophet's voice. Then heed the words of truth and light that flow from fountains pure. Yea, keep his law with all thy might till thine elections sure. Till thou shalt hear the holy voice assure eternal sign or uh, assure eternal reign while joy and cheer attend thy choice as one who shall obtain like he's saying if you'll listen to the prophet's voice like come listen to the prophet's voice get your calling election made sure i was like that's been there all along and i've never noticed it <laughs> I, I, never, that out. I never knew that we had a hymn about getting your calling election made sure and I've learned that there's quite a few hymns about translation and, and uh, uh, transforming our bodies and, and coming to Zion and stuff like, oh my word, I'm, I'm excited for the new hymnal, but like, I'm just barely coming to, to love our, our current one and realizing how much deep doctrine is, is in some of these hymns. Where have I been my whole life? <laughs> I just looked it up. You was right on that. I I don't know what I saw. <laughs> I, I guess wondering. when you think you want something to yeah. be something, you can see it. <laughs> William W. Phelps. I don't know what happened. <laughs> Although, I mean, like William W. Phelps is probably the most, uh, disclosed the most mysteries in the hymns that I know of. I, uh, you study all of his hymns, it's like, oh man, did he not know all of it yep he had it all so he was in a different time they had less distractions don't you think and more adversity where they needed to connect with god mm -hmm. had an easy life but now looking in the window of the future we can see that it's not going to be so easy for us yeah 
right? And we need I've to heard people say our time is going to be way harder than theirs was, and I think I think it's the other way around. <laughs> All the freezing and starving, and and we'll probably be freezing and starving, you know. Yeah, we're we're in for some major stuff. You know what? I think we will because in my bag of tricks, I bought a refrigerator suit. <laughs> a refrigerator suit. Does. You know what that is? <laughs> like a snowmobile suit. Oh. And I have I have snowshoes too. So there you have it. <laughs> so you're expecting a lot of snow here. Uh oh. <laughs> I think I'm going to have to walk back to the New Jerusalem, and that I'm in Oregon. Okay. Your two. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of mountains, y'all. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. I've thought that through already. <laughs> like the sound of music where they had to travel over the mountains. It's like, oh my gosh. Really? That's the sound of music. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. I'm going to be singing Adelize all the way. And, and help us with some amazing technology so we don't have to do that. <laughs> nope, yeah. That's not going to happen. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> that's, that's funny. <laughs> I could just imagine. It's just a fun visual, right? Right. <laughs> Tracy and her. Well, that's what we're saying. We're going over the mountain and say it right? <laughs> yep. Just singing it at the top of her lungs, having people follow her in her refrigerator suit. My mouth has food. Everybody's laughing at me because I have all this freeze dried food, and I'm like, I'm just going to add water to mine, y'all. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yep. <laughs> we'll wave to you as you go by. No, I'm going to stop by for. Yeah. a warm place <laughs> <laughs> you guys will already be gone <laughs> yeah this is funny all depends on whether sister blow sisters blows i don't know if you've seen that saying that sisters in the three mountains over there are rumbling yeah. oh yeah i saw that they're always rumbling yeah but they're they're the little whatever things growing more like Mount St. Oh. Helens did so they're like oh, yeah, they, maybe. they're always growing they always are going up are they yeah yeah sometime it's gonna happen yeah it's gonna happen and they're all connected so it's gonna be yeah. not just there it's gonna be poof, 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 like fireworks yeah like dominoes yeah we didn't yeah. expect Tonga to we didn't expect Tonga to go off so yeah <laughs> Exactly. might catch us by surprise yeah all right well throughout the week think of different questions and, and things for for todd and herrick so just kind of a little bit of background with them um so terry pontius john's wife the author's wife herrick is her nephew and has been involved in uh going through his old journals and, and just kind of random writings throughout his uh, files and, and things and publishing these books, you know, like some of the, the fictional stuff that he had uh, not totally finished yet. And um, they have an, a second book, The Journey to the Veil coming out pretty soon. Um, anyway, so he's, he's intimately involved in uh, Terry's life and uh, in the, the publications of uh, continuing John's legacy here. And then, uh, Todd is so the whole thing started off when John Pontius um, uh, kind of got the the death sentence uh, with his cancer and so he goes home and starts unblog my soul 
.com or .org, one of those things. Um, but anyway, this website where he just starts spilling out the, the different things that he's learned and, and trying to help people, uh, mostly his family, but it, it grew very quickly and stuff. Anyway, after his death, um, uh, Terry, his wife, uh, uh, with uh, Todd McLaughlin, uh, started the Facebook version of Unblog My Soul and to try to kind of carry on the conversation and, and the legacy. So, so Todd's also very intimately involved in um, just kind of the, the whole shebang. You know, they have a lot of knowledge there, but, you know, it's the best we can do when the author's gone <laughs> and, and uh, Terry's pretty busy. But, um, you know, there's, there's going to be some things that... Uh, you know, they might not know as far as uh, some of the, the story behind Triumph of Zion, but um, anyway, we can pick their brain on, on lots of different things there. They're open for it. Um, but anyway, just come up with some, some fun questions. If you, you have any that pop in your head, make sure to write them down so that we can um, uh, ask them and, and have a good chat next week. But again, that'll be next Sunday. Uh, we won't have our normal six o'clock uh, normal time. It'll be one hour later. Uh, 7 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. Uh, it will be recorded. Uh, both of them uh, said that that would be just fine as long as we don't put it on public on, on YouTube or whatever, that we just uh, share it amongst our group in case there's, you know, private, you know, sacred experiences that are being shared and stuff. But anyway, it'll be recorded if you can't miss it or if you can't stay the whole time. Um, any kind of questions or anything uh, before we kind of close up shop tonight <laughs> this has been such a fun book i have loved reading it with y'all it too thank you so much for doing it Cameron, we just have to say that when your mom said last week that you weren't feeling good all of our hearts just sunk and i'm sure we all went to prayer we just love you oh, thank you yeah and you're feeling better and just thank you for all that you do yeah, for sure. Thank you so much. Yeah, no, you guys are in my prayers. I, I pray for you all by name uh, all the time, as my mom can attest. But um, it, it's just so fun to have good friendships that <laughs> that are are lasting. For sure. Thank you. All well, thank you for everything you do. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> sure. so thank you. Thanks. Thank you, Cameron. <laughs> yep. <laughs> thank you, Janet. Yep. Um, well, we will head out for the next week. And, and then after that, we're heading right into Booking Else and it's going to be a fun journey. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Exciting. Very timely just before conference. <laughs> yep. Yeah. It's going to be fun. All right. Well, we'll see y'all later. Have a great week, everyone. Thank you. Okay. Good night. Thanks. Thank you. Bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.